Welcome to the AgVisor Pod. Hi, everyone. This is Rob Sykes, CEO of AgVisor Pro, and you're listening to the AgVisor Pod. Today on the AgVisor Pod, we're dealing with a really touchy situation. A tank of fertilizer crystallized on a farmer. And uh, we're interviewing Rex Hopkins. Now, Rex and I go way back. He uh, did a lot of work with liquid fertilizer, and you'll hear in the interview about his experiences. But this guy uh, is just a treasure trove of information available on AgVisor Pro. So listen up and learn some really important stuff about how you address the idea of mixing different solutions in a tank. So Rex, an AgVisor Pro the other day, a farmer uh, wrote a question. He was in a bit of a cluster. So he was mixing UAN and potassium thiosulfate uh, at a, I think it was a one to eight ratio. And he ended up having a real cluster in his tank, uh, gelling and then crystallization. And uh, you chimed in as one of several experts to comment on it. I know I did. I said that he could try to use some uh, unite some of the agents that kind of unify um, a, a problem in a tank, but you chimed in and 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 you gave some really good uh, information around the chemistry side, which is your background in, in fertilizer. What happened there, Rex? Well, my first suspicion is Rob, and let me preface your question. I I was forced to learn a lot about the. Uh, mixing characteristics of various fertilizer products uh, being injected into multiple crops through multiple irrigation system types in California. Different nutrient requirement, different soils, different water types. Uh, what happened, in my opinion, is, first of all, potassium thiosulfate uh, I think I wrote the chemistry uh, or the chemical notation on it. It's K2S2O3 is the correct chemical notation for potassium thiosulfate. And the general theory is that the sulfate sulfur, the S2O3 form of sulfur and thiosulfate is not reactive like SO4 or some other materials. But what I found through uh, multiple trial and error is uh, sometimes there is some free SO4 in that potassium diasulfate. And that can be quite reactive with uh, uh, nitrate, and which would be in the UAN32, and any free potassium that is in that mix. And what uh, what my experience has been is if there is some free S2O4, excuse me, SO4 in that potassium thiosulfate, strange things can happen. Uh, one being the formation of pure potassium sulfate. K2SO4, which is quite insoluble and in a saturated solution can form crystals that are like diamonds. 
very hard to reconstitute. The other thing that can happen is any pre-K will and can react with the NO3 in the UAN solution and form potassium nitrate. Potassium nitrate, Which is more soluble than potassium sulfate, but not nearly as soluble as potassium chloride or potassium carbonate or other more pure forms of potassium. Potassium hydroxide, yeah. So it's the reaction, in my opinion, of the pre-sulfate and any pre-potassium in the KTS that starts the problem. Once those crystals start to form and you're, you're getting a more saturated solution, when you got the potassium nitrate factor comes in, and that's usually where that white cloudy stuff appears from. So the only true solution, unless you can absolutely guarantee that your potassium thiosulfate is pure S2O3, and your temperatures are warm enough that your potassium nitrate does not form a saturated solution that causes the potassium nitrate to crystallize, the only way you can avoid this is a dilution factor, depending on your K2 uh, potassium thiosulfate to UAN ratio. And I think you said this was 1 to 8, but I don't know that... Potassium thiosulfate manufacturers, one of the originals was uh, to Senator O'Curley, it's called now, and they had a fairly detailed chart for dilution ratios. And I've got that somewhere in my files, but just not at hand. Uh, but that, now, that's, really, that's really the point uh, that the UAN and the KTS can work in a tank, but not in a concentrated solution. And once the chemical reaction happens, it accelerates, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And in the case of potassium sulfate crystal formation, it's practically impossible to get those back into a solution. In the case of potassium nitrate, which is a little bit more soluble, you'll get that cloudiness and some, probably some formation thick enough to I believe this gentleman was having problems plugging filters, and yeah, that, sure. that's quite common. But it is possible to reconstitute the potassium nitrate by simple dilution and probably get it to be flowable. But in cases where potassium sulfate forms, once the potassium sulfate seems starts forming, then it seems the total crystallization rate of whatever combinations might be occurring in that tank mix become much more rapid and much more severe. Yeah. So, so uh, how did yeah. uh, uh, you uh, in your career, Rex? You, you never, you never did any of this yourself, did you? You never had any train wrecks, did you? Not at all. Oh, lots <laughs> of them. I, the first investment I made when I first got involved in liquid formulation, moving from Montana down to Idaho where, again, irrigated agriculture was common and the irrigation system was, a lot of case, the delivery of the nutrients. Again, very different 
types of water. You had surface water, you had high alkaline well water. And first investment I made after cleaning out uh, a couple of semis and the mixer uh, two, three times was about two, three thousand dollars investment in a a small lab in a clean environment with the gram scale and uh, a little tabletop spinner mixer and some hydrometers and a refrigerator. I studied quite a little bit about uh, saturated solutions and salt-out index, various materials, but the best investment I ever made was that two, $3,000 in a bench-scale lab test to do this formulation in manageable quantities that you can dump down the sink or out in the waste tank rather than shoveling out a 6,000-gallon mixer or a 5,000-gallon semi, or worse yet, buying a crop because you plugged up the irrigation system. Yeah, you know, uh, back in the day when I was uh, calling on you guys in the Tri-Cities area, I was always impressed by your chemical knowledge. And if a farmer doesn't have that ability to do things, a jar test is always recommended. Absolutely. you know, always do that. And then and then calling somebody, which is, again, Rex, why I'm building AgVisor Pro, because I believe that before a farmer does something like this or before a retailer does something like this, they they could reach out. And uh, in, in very short order, somebody with the silver hair that you got could uh, prevent a lot of problems. Well, and that's why... I took the time to respond to that call, Rob. I, I obviously have had the unpleasant experience of that this gentleman that posed the question was having, and it's you're right. There are resources out there, not a lot that you can find in the you know common chemistry books right. in college, but if people take the time to research some of this old data, it's it's old some fifty sixty years, but the uh, the Fertilizer Institute reconstituted a lot of the old Tennessee Valley Authority uh, yeah. information back when it was funded by the federal government. And there is some excellent information in there for the person that's willing to peruse it about solubility, salt index, and saturated solutions. And I would encourage one. Spend a little bit of money and, and on the jar test, and better yet, get the hydrometer and the mixer. Do this on lab scale with a, a gram scale before you get into total uh, production. And I would, it's going to become a more and more common problem because TVA is no longer funded and that research is not current. You have to dig into the archives to get it. And the second thing is you've got new products coming on, more purified forms of phosphate, orthophosphate, and polyphosphate, and now the, you know, calcium products, which are certain. Well, as, yeah, speaking of calcium, you know, I have experience in working with calcium chloride, and then, oops, you get a little bit of sulfate in the system, and then you're talking a four-inch line that's plugged well, exactly. And you take products like calcium nitrate on some of the horticulture and, and vegetable crops. A very common product. It's sec- second in volume behind UAN solution on a lot of those crops. And 
There you get into a whole other sensitivity area in terms of contamination with sulfate and possibly magnesium and certainly phosphate. So, again, the investment in the, uh, it doesn't have to be real fancy. I mean, gram scales are pretty common, unfortunately, in uh, the industry today uh, for various reasons. But you can buy a good gram scale and set of hydrometers and a little magnetic spinner mixer for a very small investment compared to the problems that you can encounter by yeah. sending, un, sending poor quality product to an irrigation system. You plug up a drip irrigation system on a high-value crop like red bell peppers, uh, you'll learn real quick about the value of a trial and error prior to a field so, application. So, Rex, uh, today... You know, uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority TBA doesn't exist anymore. A lot of that, a lot of that knowledge and wisdom is on paper in filing cabinets. Really hard to find that stuff. Again, this is one of the reasons that we set up Advisor Pro was to be able to connect with people like you very quickly and hopefully recognize the value. Why are you on the platform, Rex? What is it that intrigues you enough to spend some time? Uh, looking at the questions that are coming in. Well, number one, uh, Rob, from a humanitarian standpoint, I personally have got my uh, feet and hands pretty dirty uh, cleaning up messes. I have personally been involved in legal cases where some fairly high dollars are at stake for misformulation, yep. plug, plugging up an irrigation system during a critical time in that crops period. So, I, I think there's a real need as new products come on the market that are sold only under their branded label intended for specific use by themselves. You know, that's really not practical in most. Yeah, as soon as you start mixing this stuff together, you got question marks. Well, and unfortunately, a lot of the manufacturers of the specific product don't have a lot of knowledge about what other products it might be mixed with because depending on the soil type and the crop and the water quality and so on, you know, you encounter a lot of different situations. It'd probably be impossible for the manufacturer to identify every potential problem, but not to plug any particular organization. But what I found helpful over the uh, years and got personally involved in uh, for a few years was that Fluid Fertilizer Foundation yep. is, is still an operable nonprofit that chose to separate from the old National Fertilizer Association back in the 80s simply to provide, a, well, what they called a database in those days, but they have a huge amount of data and will then cost much to join the Fluid Fertilizer Foundation. There's a lot of guys that even got more gray hair than me <laughs> available for uh, consultation and most of them are the same way i mean it, it, it helps the promotion of good stewardship in agriculture and can avoid somebody uh some problem they're more than willing to help in my experience i've certainly learned a lot from them well rex i want to thank you for your insight thank you for being on agvisor pro thank you for all of the wisdom you can share based on practical experience, shoveling out tanks and stuff. And I've got some of that experience under my I know you. I know you have. I, 
Yeah, I found I found the answer you gave to be really good. And I hope farmers uh, reach out to you on AgVisor Pro. Thanks for answering this, buddy. You bet, Rob. Always good to talk to you and appreciate your contribution to agriculture. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Best success to you, you old corn husker, and we'll talk to you later. Catch you later. As always, Rob. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Rex. Bye-bye. See ya. Well, I don't know about you, but I learned a ton talking to Rex about liquid fertilizer. Yep, guys like him are worth gold, and they're available on AgVisor Pro. If you got a question, just reach out to AgVisor Pro and look up Rex Hopkins. Ask a question about fertilizer. You'll get a valuable, valuable answer. Anyways, that wraps up this session on the AgVisor Pod. Hope you enjoyed it. Till next time, Rob, over and out.